Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I don't know where to look. Okay, we're live. Live from SEC Media Day, Shane Nashville. It's been a whirlwind. I hope people can hear this. Jonathan and I tried this earlier, and it sounded like garbage. So let us know in the comments if you're watching. We got a, we got several comments already flying in. Yo, no one, nothing with the audio. So well, how you doing, good. buddy? Let's let's talk. Oh, is it out. too zoomed in? Is that you, the normal comment? <laughs> <laughs> Camera added ten pounds. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So we got a switcher here. We're trying to something new. We're live. We got multiple cameras here. We're trying to. We are partly, we're part of uh, another outlet here, if you see in the, in the widescreen here. We, we don't even have our logo up here. This is how good we're doing it. But uh, how was media days for you, brother? Uh, a whirlwind. It's always, the yeah. first day is always the, the, the toughest one. It's just because you're trying to take everything in. You're, you're meeting and greeting and, and seeing a lot of folks you haven't seen in a while. And then, then you go into these big rooms, little rooms, and you're listening to the coaches. And you're like, do I need to really remember this? You know, do the fans want to know that? And uh, it was, so it was just a lot to take in. But now the dust is starting to settle. As you can see, it's kind of clearing out behind us. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think as far as day one media days, I think today was a success, man. Yeah, and I'm certainly, uh, Shane, I'm not trying, I don't want anyone to feel bad for us or for anyone. They to, said mine's too loud. Oh, you're too loud. Okay. Turning Shane down. Uh, maybe that's a little bit better, I yeah, hope. Try that now. But point being, Shane, what I was trying to say is. Yeah. You look around. Be honest with the folks here. Let's go, let's go widescreen real quick. Be honest with the folks. I mean, what we're trying to do, there's people here with like eight people helping them. And this is Shane and I. We don't know what we're doing. <laughs> we already—they already knew we don't know what we're doing. But right. now we're throwing all this. I mean, you should see all the wires. We'll have to take a photo of this of our setup here. We're doing what we can, but I—I uh, uh, I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like we're truly independent, as if people didn't already know that. Yeah. Well, it is a lot of hard work, but you know, again, that's we're able to do what we want to do. You know, if we. If we don't have a boss to answer to, yeah. so we don't have a, a, a story we got to put out there or somebody saying, hey, don't be, don't go too hard on this coach. You know, it's like, yeah. no, if we, if we feel the way we feel, we're going to bring it up. And that's, that's what the listeners want. I think, you know, right. And we, I love, here's the thing I love about live Shane. We got questions, comments, Jimmy Griffin is Shane making a trip to the front desk to ask for shampoo. <laughs> uh, that that is a good, good time here. Well, I thought it's funny, you know, because everybody's. So, what's going on behind the scenes? A uh, bunch of media guys are going down to Bridgestone after this, you know. Mm -hmm. And I just thought it was funny. Um, what's his name? Sankey was up there, and he's like, "Now you could walk to Bridgestone, or we will have a shuttle." He goes, "But the shuttle takes a long way around, and you're probably going to get there quicker walking." I'm like. 
He's clearly not talking about everyone in this room, Mike. <laughs> yeah, no, and but I, I do love it. I, I mean, I kid, but uh, this is this is great, man. This is the best media days yet. No disrespect to Atlanta. Atlanta was great. I know you've not been down to the Hoover one. Yeah, this one knocks Hoover out of the park. But I mean, we were at the rooftop bar last night. Yeah, we're getting to see all these people that uh, you know we've had such great interactions with. I mean, this this I, has I been think awesome. That's that's the big one for me, man. It's the kickoff for football. You know, I, I did the Orange Walk. We're forty days away from SEC football, and getting everybody back together, getting the gang back together, talking college football. It's here. Yeah, it's here. I mean, less than 40 days, we're going to be watching football on our TVs and and seeing some of these personalities is great because you've seen them after some of these big games, you know, after a a big upset like with Tennessee and Alabama, you know, you Mm -hmm. got to see Jimmy Himes talk about, you know, the volunteers and, and you're seeing them floating around back here, you know. So I think that's what's really cool for me is it's just like talking season's over. Uh, I think uh, what's his name said it best, Eli. You know, yeah. t- you know, we, what how did he say? It? I can't even word it. I probably like the. Last we got one the clips. We're gonna. Tr- oh, okay. We're, we're gonna try. I think we figured out clips. We're gonna find out everything we're doing is work in progress yeah, here. We're, as if they we're don't trying to make. We're trying to make it better for you guys. And so just bear with us a little bit on our first live show, but uh, I, I, we just want you to feel like you're here too because you could sense it. These, I mean, there's. There's some athletes running through here, man, and it's just like, <laughs> damn, we're here, baby. And we got uh, Alex Wright, Shane, says, glad to see the Big Orange Walks will continue in Nashville. I'd love to see that. Tanner says, "It's going, yeah, it's 40 days away, but it's going to be the longest 40 days of the year. You know what? Absolutely. Well, don't say it like that. <laughs> like you're a kid waiting for Christmas, you know? Uh, no, I, I, I totally get that, but you're going to have camp. Yeah. Starting out before long, um, you know, you're saying your prayers and everybody stays healthy. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's also a part of it, too. And then you're you're still like we're getting some of the storylines now, but it's molding to what we're going to see rolling into fall. So mm-hmm. um, I love it. I'm, I'm, I love it. And it, it's kind of weird how we're doing the interviews. I mean, it's, it's basically how we, we did it last yeah. year, too. But we're just grabbing people as they have time, as we have time. There's so much going on. So. Really, how I've had it in my vision was, you know, today's Missouri. We did get a Missouri interview, A&M, LSU. Like, that's how you get the interviews. Yeah. But those people are the busiest on those days. Exactly. If they're staying and they're here tomorrow, they won't be near as busy. They'll give us time. So, uh, we we are posting to YouTube all the clips, all the interviews we're getting. We're posting them as quick as we can. Wi-Fi is questionable. <laughs> Everything's a work in progress up here. But, uh Man, it's it, and it's been it's been tough to kind of keep track of what uh, Brian Kelly and yeah. Eli Drinkwitz and Jimbo have said. But uh, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, I mean, coming from day one, what what was the what was the storyline in your opinion? You know, for me, Shane, I think uh, confidence from LSU. We're seeing yeah. that. I think A uh, and M. I think Jimbo. They're saying, you know, the, of course, it's coach speak, but yeah. chip on our shoulder. They better damn well better have a chip on their shoulder Absolutely. after five and seven, Shane, because that's yeah. embarrassing. I was on Tex Ags earlier. I said if they go eight and four, they should fire Jimbo's ass, and yeah. I stand by that. And that's a that's maybe a bold comment, but we're talking year six. We're talking one of the biggest contracts in all of college football. You expect Brian Kelly, Nick Saban, Jimbo Fisher, some resemblance of that. Yeah. Aside from the COVID year, which was a wonky year, we'll give them credit for that. But one out of, one out of six ain't cutting it. Yeah. Not with $100 million. Absolutely. They need to win nine games minimum, I think. And really, they should be a 10-win team this fall. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you said it, Mike, because that's kind of what I felt like. I, I felt like Mizzou came out and said, hey, now's the time. Yeah. Okay, a lot of people aren't thinking about us, talking about us, but now's the time. Texas A&M, you know, no more excuses. That the, there, there's fight in this locker room. The people, the the fan base is upset, but not as not more upset than we are. Right. As a Texas A&M program, that's kind of what I felt like. And then Brian Kelly, a little bit of like tamper expectations, you know. <laughs> but I mean, a little bit of coach speak. Which they got I championship vibes down there, Shane. Uh, baseball, uh, women's basketball. They're expecting football exactly, now. Exactly. Exactly. I thought he handled. I thought he handled the room the best today. Yeah. How about uh, how about drink, Shane? I mean it. We we love drink. Unfortunately, we didn't get him on. At least not yet. Maybe he's walking by here. But uh, you know, he's he's always one that'll that'll say a lot of crazy stuff, and yeah. we love him for it. Yeah. Not this year, because he knows. Yeah. He can't afford to run his mouth and not back it up. This is this is a money year for drink. This is a money year for drink, and and I think he knows. He's been saying what we've been saying. They've got probably arguably the best team he's had since he's been there. You know, the pieces are lined up. There's a few question marks, but he. Every program has question marks. You know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. and, and I think now's the time. And he didn't. That was his. That was his theme. I don't want to be the center of attention. Right. You know, he came out on Paul and, and, and said, "Hey, I'm not going to say those comments anymore." It's almost like he grew up a little bit, and you know, of course, that's what we do. We take a lot of <laughs> what Drink says and we blow it out of context. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we didn't get those grabs this year. Maybe that's why he didn't do his. I didn't, I didn't see him anywhere. Right. on music right so maybe he's just kind of hiding you know and just, <laughs> you know, just did paul and got out of here well let's uh let's try to play the clips here shane again apologies if i screw this up but uh i'm pretty sure that this will work uh let's start with will i be able to hear it through this i think so i think so let's go brian kelly first front row on the right Hey, Coach, uh, Kyle Henderson, Bama Football on YouTube. Um, Last year, I know last year doesn't matter to this year, um, but when you beat Alabama football, it certainly matters. How can that win last year and overtime continue to catapult your program and your trajectory going forward? Yeah, I was asked that question earlier. Um, Look, Alabama and Georgia are the benchmark for what we're looking for, and and what is that in particular? It's consistency and performance year in, year out. We did it one time. So we're not in that conversation at this point. So um, what we're hoping that it catapults us to is a more consistent football program that is competing for championships year in and year out. We don't want any dips in our programs at all. Um, and, and I think when, when you look at it from a tangible standpoint, what it did for us is it helps us in recruiting that we don't have to paint a narrative that, that's not true. In other words, that we can say, look, we're going to compete with Alabama. Um, we're, we're going to be able to beat Alabama. It's not a fantasy. It's a reality. And so there is some tangible evidence there that you can use in recruiting. But the rest of it is really about it giving you momentum for consistency in performance. All right, Jay. So, yeah, moral of the story, if you, you struggle to hear that, I mean, beating Alabama, if you're LSU, I mean, that's that's – that is the expectation for LSU's coach, but it's not been the reality far more often than it should be. The fact that he did it year one, they're going to be expecting it more and more and more. Yeah. And that's why there's these championship expectations for LSU. I think it's fair. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I, I, I think last year you get caught up in the season and yeah. how great things are going. But then when the dust settles, you're like, 
okay, you just set a bar. You know, not only did you set a bar with your program, but you set a bar for future SEC coaches getting hired into this league that there is no two, three, four-year rebuild anymore. It's it's compete now, especially with this transfer portal, especially with kids playing as young as they are. I mean, we're seeing more more and more freshmen contributing to these teams. Yep. You know, so I think it, it's it's a double-edged sword, you know. It's, it's yes, we are there. We beat Alabama. We won the SEC West, but LSU fans are expecting a little bit more. They want to go back to a national championship. And, you know, I think a step back would – I don't think it would hurt Kelly, but it definitely would – I guess it would hurt the fan base a little bit. Yeah. It would be. If, if I took a step back and maybe we got blown out by Bama or something like that, it's like, damn, I thought we were there, and now maybe we're not as far along as I thought. Well, I, I think the same is true, Shane, for someone like Billy Napier. Yeah. As well as as quickly as Brian Kelly does well, the longer it takes Billy Napier, these Florida fans say, what the hell? Josh Heupel did it quickly. Shane Bieber's doing it quickly. Uh, Maybe to a lesser extent, drink. But obviously the expectations at Missouri, while still high, are not the same as an LSU. But uh, that goes back to my point about Jimbo. Year six. I mean, this is ridiculous. Brian Kelly did it year one. We got to do it quicker than year six, you know what? Yeah, we keep we keep going back to Jimbo, and 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 I feel bad because we we drug him through the mud last year, but we expect more. We're not diehard Ag, Aggie fans, but right. I'm looking at that roster, and I'm like, what if I switch the head coach with three other head coaches in the SEC? Would we still have a five win season? I don't think so. No. You know what I'm saying? I know there was a lot of turmoil in the locker room. There was some I mean they went on to to give you every excuse, but the excuses are done because you got teams like LSU competing immediately. And it's a team, you know, that you beat. You know what I'm saying? Here we're just talking about how great LSU is. But then you got the Texas A&M program, as bad as they were last year, was still able to knock out, knock off LSU. So, yeah, um, the excuses are over with, with the How Aggies. about Bob's comment? I don't think Jim Blow, he calls him Jim Blow, would be happy with 7-5. Well, no, of course not. 7-5, no. that's awful. But, that, as Mike points out, that that would be an improvement, sadly. 7-5 would oh, be an God, improvement. Oh, God, don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not start five, that. Don't let's start, not that. start that. No. <laughs> Expectations are higher. Where did, where did you have them finishing in the West? A&M? Yeah. Number two. Number two. So right, That should be the expectations. Damn, yeah. Above Bama, yeah. below LSU. That's where you're at. Yeah. Okay. I'm right there with you. I, I, I think they got a roster for it. I love the defense. I think the they got the best receiving room in in, in the country, mm-hmm. not just the SEC. Um, does Connor take that big step forward? Does Does Bobby is he really active in this? Right. You know, I, f- I feel like we keep going back to Texas. City, but <laughs> buddy, this is this is the team of the day right now. This is the team everybody. Back. I think we're back. All right. Sorry. I don't know what happened. Trial and error. Eli Drinkwitz, what is the line for him? It's just a loser's job. I think they're saying to keep it. I, I don't know. Does he, he's got to win more than six. What, what's your thoughts on that? With drink? With drink? No. I, I, no, you can't just live into a bowl. That, I don't think that's where we're at right now. I, I, I'm expecting seven, eight wins 
that's that's where we should be. And if we don't get that, I think that would that should be a disappointment for Missouri. I, I love how their schedule slowly ramps up. You know, they got that tricky game, Kansas State. I know that's the one that everybody's going to talk about. Yep. But, I mean, if they, if they win that one, there's no reason they don't go 4-0 right out of the gate. And now you're telling me three wins is going to be... Expected the... Oh, shit, I hate to say that, Shane. I don't think they caught any of that. Oh, when this went offline. Say that one more time. It's like, Tenac Dr like Tenacious D, the greatest song. <laughs> this is just a tribute to the greatest... Because I, I, I really laid it out there. I don't know if I could repeat that, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I mean, he, he's got to show improvement. And, you know, if you lose some close games, I get it. But you just can't be getting your ass kicked you know, about half the year. I don't care if it's Georgia, Tennessee, whatever. They've got to show improvement. Losing seasons ain't going to cut it. No. And these, these toilet bowl games and losing losing in these. Well, it's the close games that drove you nuts. The Auburn game with, you, yeah. you, you know, here we put we put uh, uh, Chip, Hefty Lefty, not or what's Chip, what's his name? Forget we're live. We usually cut Sam this. Horn? And I, or not no, Sam Horn, uh, uh, Brady Mavis. Cook? Mavis. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, we put him on a pedestal. <laughs> the thicker kicker. Yeah, the thicker kicker, and he goes out and he blows it against Auburn. And then and then the special teams up in Kentucky. I mean, it's just stupid games like that. You can forgive one year. You can't forgive two years because that's coaching, man. Yeah. That's 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 what that is. And, and so, again, I think there needs to be – and I, I will say this. I, I, I felt a lot of reflection in there. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of, hey, this was my – my bad and, and I think that's what you gotta do. You gotta own it and you gotta come out here and you gotta grow from it. And and I think he's done that part. He's owned it. He's 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 been more of an adult, not giving them the clickbait that everybody wants. Right. And he's coming out and saying the right things. But now it's time to see it on the field. Well let's get over to some of his comments. He had a he had a tribute here to Mike Leach. Let's start with that. I'll have some opening remarks and then we'll go to questions. In a tribute to uh Mike Leach I'll say I'm not much of an opening statement, so I'll open it up for questions. <laughs> right. No, to I, I was in, Gus called me last week, told me I got to make sure Bob gets the first question. <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate the confidence. Um, you, you're bringing in an offensive coordinator. I assume he's going to call the plays. How tough a decision was that? What went into that? And yeah. if you're not calling the plays, how, how, how tough is that for you to give, give that up? Yeah, we have a, a sign in our team room that says embrace your role, put the team first. Uh, and at the end of the season, it was clear to me that, that we were ineffective on the offensive side of the ball. And it starts with being retrospective on what do you do as the leader of the team, as the leader of the offensive side of the ball, what, what, what are the issues? And uh, I, I wasn't giving us the best advantage that we could have offensively to be successful. And so it was my estimation that I needed to embrace my role more as the head coach uh, and, and do the things that, that needed to be done there uh, and turn over the play calling to somebody else. I, I do not plan on calling plays. I plan on being involved on the offensive side of the ball just like I am on special teams and on the defensive side of the ball as the CEO of the organization. Uh, but hired Kirby Moore, who's got a similar offensive uh, vision and philosophy of I do, a low ego, high output guy who's got a great understanding of the pass game and play action and um, is an absolute grinder, loves to watch tape, is a tremendous teacher, a low, uh, low ego, high input kind of guy. Uh, and so look forward to 
working with him and the rest of the offensive staff uh, to put our players in position to be successful. And, you know, I, I, I tell him all the time, if we can just average one more touchdown a game, you, you, we're going to be in really happy at the end of the season. So we're in that constant quest to find one more touchdown. Uh, but uh, I have no uh, no qualms about handing it over to somebody and, and feel like uh, that Kirby will do an outstanding job for us. Second roll. Uh, Coach Clint Schweitzer, uh, Starcade Media in Kansas City. Um, I know I'm sure you haven't been asked about the quarterback situation yet since you've been here and making the rounds, yeah. but I'm, it's kind of an obscure topic. You can turn it, everyone turn it off. Mm -hmm. uh, so coming into this, though, when you kind of start assessing this, a lot of people believe this will be something, obviously, that goes well into the into camp, maybe even into the first couple of weeks of the season. When you start assessing this and start divvying out reps, what, is, what does this kind of look like for you once August starts with the quarterbacks? Yeah, the competition's been ongoing. I mean, every day is a competition. Who, who, who is um, really providing the things that we determine to be what you know is significant for uh, determining the starting quarterback? Toughness, leadership, uh, decision making, accuracy, and preparation. So, you know, how do those guys every single day determine those things? How how are they reflective in what what um, you know they're bringing to the table? Um, you know, quarterback competitions, yeah, it, there's going to be divided up reps. We're going to have specific ways that we get guys reps and, and challenge those guys. But the reality of it is the teammates are going to know who's the starting quarterback. It, it'll reveal itself pretty quickly. It, it, it's just there's got to be time and place for that to occur. Um, and it's going to be, you know, Brady's going to go out there first, and uh, he's going to have to get beat out. I mean, he's going to have to get beat out. It's not like uh, he doesn't start in first. It's just that you can't rest on your laurels. You can't um, just sit there and anticipate that I can go and, and have four or five bad days and it will still be the starting quarterback. Like, we've got to complete the ball vertically down the field. We've got to create explosive plays uh, in the pass game. We've got to be a smart, disciplined decision maker. Um, and whoever does that consistently through the course of uh, fall camp and, and maybe even into the first couple of games is going to be the guy. All right, Chad, so uh, here's the thing, though. We drink. When we hired him, I thought we were getting an offensive-minded guy, a quarterback guy. Maybe he was more of a scheme running back guy because every year I feel like they've screwed up the quarterback competition, or at least, I don't know, it's just not been a straight – it's been a weakness. It's yeah. been holding us back. Now, maybe some of that's due to injury. Some of that was due to lack of options. I mean, we can sit here and make all the excuses in the world. Yeah. Injuries happen. Uh, but – this is the year, again, going back to what we kind of already said, but they got three options, brother. They got Sam Horn, they got yeah. Brady Cook, they got the transfer from Miami, Garcia. There is no excuse. If you got three potential starting quarterbacks, you have to make the right decision here. And it sounds like he's kind of already made it, which I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing or not. Well, no, I like as far as quarterback play, like, like he's got a dude. I think wouldn't you want that going into fall? I mean, I, no, because Brady Cook's shown me nothing to show that he can not. I'm not sitting here saying he's bad. Yeah. But he's not shown us anything that he can elevate a football team. When Sam Horn may be that. When Jake Garcia, top 50 recruit, he may be that. Yeah, I get that. But again, we're at that point, man, that we can't pull it back. You know, now's the time. But why? So why you got to sit here and say Brady's our guy? Well, he is our guy. He, well, he's, he's not. 
He I, wasn't the guy I, that I saw last but, year. But again, people grow up. They had a losing yeah. record. I mean, look, Hendon Hooker didn't win the job two years ago at Tennessee, and then all right. of a sudden he became the guy. So maybe, maybe there is something that happened in this offseason that clicked and said, hey, without a doubt, this is the guy. And it may be locker room presence. It may be chemistry with some of these dudes out here, you know, him and Luther are dialed in. So right. I, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but I think a lot of it too has to do with the new coordinator. You know, uh, we there was a lot of new coordinators that, that came on this year. And yeah. one of the least talked about is the offense coordinator here at Mizzou, Kirby. Yeah. I, Kirby I mean, Moore. this is a guy that is literally going to be taking over the reins and having full control of that offense. So you come in, he's, he wasn't there last year, right? you know, he came in, he got to look at three different quarterbacks, and he said, this is our guy right here. Now, I'm sure Drink had a little bit of something to do with that and the picking of that, but I also do think that looking over your shoulder may be part of the reason that Cook had problems last year. Right. You know, I don't – quarterback sometimes it's psychological, and, and I'm not a coach, I'm not an offense coordinator, but, you, you know, I, if you come out and you say, hey, we're always in competition, and I don't know if this guy's going to be the guy, you know. I don't want my coach saying that. I want to say, hey, this is my guy until this guy beats me, yeah. you know. So I, I think that's the approach that drinks in. I don't think that we don't have quarterback competition. I just think he's giving confidence in Cook, but letting these guys know that it's still their job to take. I'll tell you exactly what this is. This is 10-win Mizzou Shane over here buying into all the bullshit. That's what that is. All right, how about uh, we got some comments from Jibbo Hot Seat. Uh, can you believe someone asked him about the hot seat? Jeff Spiegel, ABC 3340 Sports. Uh, Jimbo, when you hear the words hot seat associated with your name, mm -hmm. does that challenge you or does it kind of tick you off because your body of work is really good? No, I don't. I mean, you say hot seat. My own not having success – motivates me more. I, I say this from within coaches put more pressure and are more competitive than anybody else out there that does it whether you what you say how you say that doesn't affect us. we don't listen to it you can't that, 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 those are things that don't matter that we know what we have to do and how we have to do it but you want to have success for your first your players two the people who work for you and three your fans that those people that support you and A&M's done that way and you put that own pressure upon yourself to go because you don't ever like to feel. I never, and listen, my buddy, I was at home this summer, and he said, something happened. We were, we were actually throwing a cornhole. He said, and they were beating us. They were beating me and my son. And we were playing best out of three, and they won the sun. They were up 11 or 12 to nothing in the second game. And he said, now, we're going to have to play till you win like we did since you were three years old, where you had to sit there and play till you won. You wouldn't leave till you won the game somehow, some way. I said, no, we're going to win it now. We come back and beat them, then beat them the second game. We're down. We made a heck of a comeback. But my point was, that's always in us as coaches and players. You know, that competitive, whether you say hot seat, whether you don't say hot seat, I don't, I don't, I don't, it's not I don't pay attention. You don't pay attention. You can't. you got to go what makes you successful. And anytime I lose one game, I don't care if you're 11-1, and 12-1, whatever it is, that drives you to have success. You want perfection. We're here to be, have perfection each and every day and who you are as a person and what you want for your kids and get them to understand that. So, I mean, does it matter? It doesn't matter, and I'm not trying to brush it off, but at the same time, I put that up on myself. I'm on a hot seat when we're 10-0. and 0. I don't feel any different whether you're 1-3 and 3 or 10-0 and 0 when I go into a game and how you prepare and how you look at it. I really don't. I know that sounds – people don't believe that, but that's a fact. You know what it means, Shane, when someone says they're not trying to brush it off while answering a question? 
They're brushing it <laughs> right off, and that's what Jimbo's doing. Come on, man. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, your ass is on the hot seat after yeah. five and seven with, with all this talent. And, that, again, I'm high on a and I I think they finally live up to the hype because of the moves, because he's taking a step back saying what we were doing is not working. We have to hire someone to run this offense, to co- coach the quarterbacks. That's been one of the biggest issues every year. They're telling me, Haynes King, Haynes King. Zach Calzada was our problem. It's always somebody else's fault. It's Jimbo's fault. Yeah. And I, I'm not hearing it right there. No, no, I'm not either. And I will say, their schedule right out of the gate, you know, there's there's that one game, that Miami game, is the only one that really stands out because you don't have Alabama till October 7th, I believe. You know, there's no reason that we can't come out of the gate strong here yeah. and put all this – this shit to bed you know what i'm saying like so people aren't talking about hot seat anymore you don't come out and beat these teams you come out and destroy them you know because you have that that type of roster you have the ability to just blow most of these guys out of the water so i i I think that's that's the key too it's just how you start the season and and this is this is talk all of it's talk with jimbo and everything and and doesn't want the light on him or anything like that but you know texas a&m is a coveted position it 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 is when you're talking about job hires yep it is a coveted position they're willing to do whatever it takes to win they're putting all their money in their facilities Mm -hmm. they'll pay you money as a contracts nils there everything is built and ready to go it's just we need to take it's it's the excuses are done, Mike. It doesn't matter what he says in here. Excuses are over. How about this question from Alex? If this A and M experiment goes wrong, what's the over under on fight breakout mid season? Would Jimbo put Bobby in another Nick race? Oh come on, <laughs> uh, Jimbo is scrappy, but I I don't know about that. One thing I, that he did make comments on in there too was it was a little bit of ownership from the locker room, yeah. and, and I think some of that is is it gets lost in in the record last year, and and you know I don't know if there was any player only meetings, but there needs to be some dudes that step up in there that really take over and take control because yes. We, we got NIL. Yes, there's there's new toys we can play with and stuff like that. But when it all comes down to it, we're, we got a goal, and that's to win football games. And they got to do it as a team. They can't do it as a group of individuals. Shane, let me ask you this. The three teams that went today, LSU, A&M, Missouri, let's, let's just try to forecast because you can kind of generally tell where these teams are going to be. Yeah. Not my voting, not your voting, where the entire media is going to vote. You basically just open your – preseason magazine and that's where it's yeah. going to be lsu one or two a and m three or four mizzou three or four in their division which one is most likely to exceed those expectations lsu a and m or missouri mizzou mizzou yeah i i, th- I think again and and, and I, you know it gets floated around shane picking 10 wins let's yeah, I, yeah. I like to put a little asterisk by that that was me as a fanboy yeah yeah if the stars were aligned and eight four would be a significant upgrade absolutely for Missouri. I, so i think if if they walk out of here third in the east i i think you know i think you're tickled pink as, yeah. a, as a mizzou fan so so that's why i think the expectation a&m's another one you know because people got burnt last year they're afraid to put them as high as as they are i you know i haven't done my list but i'm telling you right now i got texas a&m number two you know right behind bama 
you got LSU. You're high on, on the Tigers, and I get that. And we'll talk about that here in a second. But I think A&M is, is going to be the one that takes that leap forward. And, and I know Aggie fans are like, oh, shit, Shane, don't do it again. <laughs> don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I, wanna, I, so I have to ask you. I want you to look at this damn camera. I can't why, see shit. I'm in why the spotlight here. Yeah. Why do you hate LSU? Why do I hate LSU? I don't hate LSU. I just I, I think that I think a lot of people are are forgetting how the West worked last year. You know, I, yeah. I think yes, LSU finished strong, but there was a lot of games they didn't. You know, they got their ass smoked by Tennessee Vols. That right out of the gate, Florida State was embarrassing. And I, I'm gonna that one I forgive because yeah. it was right out of the, right out of the start, but. That Arkansas game, I'm sure the hell ain't forgetting. K.J. Jefferson wasn't even the quarterback out there, and it went down the wire. You won, but you didn't You didn't just say, like, I didn't feel like you were the number one team in the West last year. So right. I, I think there's just a little too much stock going into what happened last season and mm -hmm. not about, okay, so a lot of these guys are getting their dudes back, you know. A lot of, a lot of teams are going to be healthy coming into this season. Does it look the same? I, I I think LSU is very good. I think they got a lot of talent on that roster. I think, like Perkins, one of my – I think he's maybe the best defensive player in the country or one of them, you know. I, I think they got dudes, but it's just like Kelly coming out here. We're not deep. He, he said yeah. we're, we're a couple years from competing with Georgia. You I've know? heard him say if they have if they have a couple key injuries, they're they're – he didn't say done, but he said – we're, we're screwed, basically. That's that's it. I call it fronting. You know, yeah. when you go to the store and it looks like they got all these, and <laughs> you move the can, there ain't shit behind it. That's exactly what it is. Is LSU is fronting at some of these positions and some of them key positions, but they do got an awesome offensive. I, I mean, they do got some pieces, and that's why you can never count them out. And so when you say they're going to win a national championship, I, I'm now that's not going to be the consensus. Right. I'm an outlier. LSU is probably picked second in the West this year by the media. Yeah, maybe first, but so that so that I was naturally going to ask you, Mizzou the most likely to exceed expectations, and I think that's the correct answer. I think that's the fair answer, but it's also because the expectations are lower. Yeah. So who's most likely to underachieve? I I assume that has to be LSU for you, right? Yeah, that has to be. Yeah. Um Because I I do think you just hate. LSU. <laughs> I don't hate LSU. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, I don't. I don't. But again, you set a bar that is really high yeah. to repeat. For, forget exceeding, but just making it to an SEC championship as a West favorite. I yeah. mean, that's tough. And that you kind of sense that from Brian Kelly, don't you? Yeah. Where he knows they're going to be the hunted now. Yeah. They're not coming out of the weeds. People know what to expect from them. They got a year of tape on. Jaden Daniels and this offense and this defense. The defense actually was not that great last year. Yeah. Now they had injuries. Yeah, everybody's got it. Right. We can make excuses. Yeah. But it was the defense did not carry them. Uh, the defense has got to get a lot better if, if they're going to win the national championship. Yeah. Especially up front. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can't give up 40 points a game. You just can't. You know, it, it, I get the whole bend, not break mentality. But what happens if Jaden Daniels has a bad day? which he's had before. What happens if they lose to Florida State? Which we've been saying all offseason, they're going to kick Florida State's ass. Yeah. We still think that. But, I'm, I mean, we have to entertain. I mean, these Florida State people, I, I just think they're idiots anyway. Yeah. But they're like, my God, this ain't even going to be a ball game. <laughs> did, you, did you see what happened last year? Did you see yeah. we struggled against Florida, who was god-awful? Yeah, I saw yeah. that too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> now, no, Florida State, they, yeah, no, they're, they got a lot of mirrors in their house, you know, talking about how great they are. But – 
I, I think when it comes down to it, that is going to be a pivotal matchup because it sets the tone for the SEC. You yeah. know, I, I think that's that's what's important. And also, if if LSU truly is going to make a run at a college football playoff, they cannot afford to, to peter out at the start of the season against yeah. a Florida State team that will not be in contention at the end of the year. Yeah. Cousin Bradley Childers, looking good, fellas. Eight, I couldn't make it. Love That's Cousin right. Bradley. Chili, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so any thoughts, Shane? I guess, uh, hey, we're improving. There we there we go. We're, we're trying. We're doing a little bit better. Trial and error. Yeah. Uh, any closing thoughts? Day one, Mizzou, Texas A&M, LSU. Like I said, we did about a dozen interviews. We're posting them as fast as we can. Yeah. Uh, we, we're going to include those at, at a later date. We just... By God, we got enough going on. We can't be throwing on all these yeah. interviews as well. But uh, any closing thoughts on any of these teams? Anything we didn't hit on that you wanted to discuss? Well, the the bullshit lists are over. You know what I'm saying? Football's yeah. here. Yeah. And, and so we don't need to, you know, we're going to have some real content coming out. That's why, you know, yep. be sure to subscribe, get on YouTube because – as soon as we hear it, we're going to go live. This We're working this stuff out because – We probably you know, got an hour of, of quotes, comments we haven't heard yet that we're going to we're gonna yeah, be able to use too. I, you know I, there's no way we ca- could catch it. I'll tell you, <laughs> I'm sitting there and I'm listening to uh, – who was it? It was Jimbo. And I was just like, golly, I cannot remember all this stuff, you know. <laughs> so, But that's what we're going to do. We're going to be breaking it down days to come and, uh, you know, just getting ready for the next day. I'm, I'm pumped up. Three was – was a lot well we got four teams tomorrow so <laughs> and we'll probably try a new uh seating arrangement because the sun's come the sun's going down we, we can't see anything i don't even know if we're still all blind uh, you know what? i don't either you know i can't see i've been blind for the last 30 minutes here you know i don't know if you sat me over here on purpose or not <laughs> all right i think that's a perfect place to cut it thanks everybody for watching we'll catch you tomorrow all right see you guys go balls